Good to see you all. Hey, um, and a special welcome to podcast people. Kia ora, podcast people. Drive safe. Uh, walk safe. A couple of people said to me they often listen to it while they're walking, so watch pedestrian crossings. Don't walk out and get squashed by a car because you're so focused on this amazing sermon. No, I don't know. Um, good to see you. Wash those dishes well. Someone said they often listen to it washing dishes, so it's all good. Hey, so where I'm going this morning, we're back in spiritual gifts. So as you know, we took a break last Sunday because um, Dave, who's been pastoring here for 11 years, has chosen to desert us because he doesn't love us anymore. Nah, so he's off to an Anglican church to become a vicar, I guess, which is pretty awesome. So we blessed him and Laura and said kakitiano to them last week, but now we're back into our spiritual gifting series. Um, and I'm having to be a little bit calm this morning because I'm pretty excited because like I've been saying, I just keep having people text me, email me, come and see me and say how excited they are with the whole spiritual gifting series as they're finding out, oh my gosh, I never thought, oh, this makes so much sense, oh, I don't know, none of them are guys, they've all got this high voice, I don't know what's going on, I'm just real excited about how God could use them, right, so um, with my pastor hat firmly on, if you're part of our church, or if you're not, you're just checking us out, that's all good, we love you, um, we'd love you to make sure you fill out that workbook, eh, so probably in about two or three weeks, we're going to be doing those consultations, where you and your partner, spouse, whatever you have, um, would come and hang out with uh, one of the leaders in the church and their spouse for about 20 minutes, we're looking at, um, just to talk to them. Hey, this is where I think God's gifted and calling me. How can I plug into the church or community ministries that we're plugged into? So we're really looking forward to that kind of final bit. Um, so I'm talking on three spiritual gifts today, right? Which shows you how amazing I am. Who could preach on three spiritual... I'm being stupid, right? So I'm doing three, which is pretty crazy. Um, but two of them I did back in Feb. So I'm just going to kind of zip over those two again and then focus on um, the last one. And there are three that fit real closely together, right? So that's why I chose to put them all together. So we're going to be talking about the gift of knowledge, uh, the gift of wisdom, and the gift of discernment, right? And they're, they're pretty easy ones to understand, but they're often ones that, if I said to a lot of you now... What's the difference between them? You'd be like, yeah, don't put me on the spot, bro. <laughs> um, but they're, they're quite different. But when we see the different shade, shades of them. Um, the reason I'm super excited, and that if, yeah, as I explain what they are, you'll see why I'm so excited. But this is why I'm so excited. One of them is the gift of wisdom, right? And the gift of wisdom is simply Holy Spirit-inspired, the ability to give Holy Spirit-inspired practical advice to someone. Makes sense, right? And the thing that just makes me want to pop as a pastor is, oh my gosh, I just so hope we can end up with like a list of who are the people in the church that have the gift of wisdom, for example, or the gift of knowledge, gift of discernment, as I explain them. And so when you're really confused and you're trying to make a decision and you're really lost, you go, oh, I know that TJ, someone who has the gift of wisdom. I'll just go and ask her. And she, okay, TJ doesn't. <laughs> but let's pretend you do for the sake of the thing. Thanks a lot for ruining my amazing illustration. No, no, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, you'd be like, you're like, well, I'm not going to sit at home stressing about this. I will phone TJ because she literally has the gift of wisdom. Again, she doesn't, but if she did. Um, and then she will pray and she will be able to speak from God. I've got to test it and check it out. You know, we've talked about that. I'm like, to me, that would be the coolest thing ever. Why would I sit at home stressing? Should we do this? Should we do that? Should we? Oh, we just phone TJ and she's got that gift. Oh, does it make you kind of excited? No? Yeah. yeah, I just get pumped. And then when you take the gift of knowledge and the... The gift of discernment and put them all together, I'm just like, oh my goodness, shut up. I'm just like, oh, that'd be so glorious. Oh, it'd just take so much stress out of our lives. I just keep, we're trying to buy a house. Is this the one? I don't know. Oh, let's just phone TJ. TJ, can you check in with God? And let me, I mean, that's what wisdom is. It's like, oh my gosh, so good. All right. 
Hey, so here's the first one, knowledge, right? So the gift of knowledge is knowledge based on the Bible. Um, so this is one that's often misunderstood. And again, this is one of the ones I preached on earlier. Um, but I think when we pull it apart in the verse, it kind of, it kind of explains itself. So 1 Corinthians um, 12, verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That's the gift of wisdom, right? To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Um, it's real easy to see that these are given by the Spirit, right? If you're, we're going to read verse 7 uh, in a little bit. And in verse 7, Paul makes it really clear that these gifts are given to bless the church, right? To bless other people. And like I've said, yeah, we get um, fulfillment, we get joy when we use it because God's working through us, and that's just awesome. But the whole reason for these gifts is to bless other people. So TJ has the gift of wisdom, which we know she doesn't, but if she did, <laughs> um, it's not just for TJ to be walking around going, morning, everyone. <laughs> How are you doing? If anyone needs wisdom, I'll be over here. Come, You know, that's not what it's about, right? It's about her having the gift of wisdom being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited I can use this to... To bless other people, um, bless other people, I just love that. Here's the definition that we've been using, the definition in our little workbooks, um, to seek to learn as much about the Bible as possible through the gathering of much information and the analysing of that data. A word of knowledge is a spirit-revealed truth. So there's kind of two parts to this one, right? Um, part one is, this is the gift of knowledge, right? Um, part one is that it's someone who really digs into the Bible. They really know the Bible well. They study the Bible, they read the Bible, they kind of understand heaps about the Bible. That's the first part. But the second part is that they're then inspired by the Holy Spirit to use that Bible knowledge to guide and direct people, right? To guide and direct people. So they see someone after church or they catch up with someone for a coffee and that person's wrestling with something and then they just go, man, I really think we should read the story of Joseph together or when was the last time you read 2 Thessalonians 3? And the person's like, I didn't even know there was a 2 Thessalonians. And he's like, they're like, yes, there is. And they read it and they're like, oh my gosh, that, is that gives me such clarity. Does it make sense, eh? So it's different from wisdom, which is that practical like, life advice. This is like from the Bible, directly from the Bible. But you have to have the two parts. You have to have, they, they must be digging into the Bible so they know their Bible well, but they're also really inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's not just Bible knowledge. It's not just them knowing the Bible really well. They meet with someone and they're just like, oh, you should read. It's that they have this real sense, this real clarity from the Spirit that the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, now this would be a good verse to direct that person to, right? But it's also not just the Holy Spirit. So it's not them meeting with someone and being like, man, I've never read 2 Thessalonians, but all of a sudden I think you should read 2 Thessalonians verse blah. You know what I mean? It's not that at all. It's this combination. That makes sense, eh? You with me? Shot, team. Thanks, Dan. Love you, bro. Okay, so that's that, that combination of them in there. Um, and one of the big things I think, well, let's read this verse, eh? So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. If you've got your Bible, jump over there. I put some verses on the screen, some verses I kind of like to go to in our, our Bibles, eh? So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. And one of the things we've got to keep thinking about is this whole testing. And I've talked a lot about this as we've gone through these spiritual gifts, especially the spiritual gifts, which is where someone's going to come and say, hey, I think God is saying through me, or I think God's guiding you through me, right? Whenever that happens, we've got to test, right? We're not foolish people that just go, well, because you said it, I'll sell my house or I'll marry that person or whatever crazy thing, right? We're always going to test it. And this is, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when I get to the gift of discernment, but... 
1 Corinthians 14, verse 29, um, Paul says, let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. And he, he talks about this quite a lot. So prophecy is where I have a message from God, right? So it's different from these three I'm talking about. Um, but what Paul's saying is when someone comes and says, hey, I think God is saying, it's our responsibility to test that, to check it out, right? We don't just take it. So if someone comes to you with a gift of knowledge and they're like, you know, in that situation you're wrestling with, that guidance you're wanting, I think these verses, I'm not just going to be like, well, in that case, <laughs> I'll sell them, whatever, or I'll marry, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool, thanks, that's awesome. Now I need to test that. I need to check that out. And I've talked about this, hey, the way we do it. One, we check with the Bible, read the Bible. Is that in line with the Bible? Two, I go and check with wise people that I know. Go to wise people and go, you know, I was meeting with so-and-so, and they seem to have the gift of knowledge, and they read these verses, and it all made sense, but what do you think, you know? And then finally I pray, and I talk to God. God will guide me, right? So I, I put those together. I think it's always important for us to just keep testing stuff. So I'll tell you a crazy story. This is the craziest story I could think of to think about testing stuff, right? So you're ready to go, oh, my gosh. Are you ready? Okay, a few of you are. Everyone else? You're fired. Nah. So this is a true story, right? So um, years and years and years ago, I was hanging out with um, a couple, and the lady was really sick, like real sick, and she'd been sick for a bunch of years. And so they were Christian, Christian couple, and so she went, I've messed up the story so you can't figure out who it is, right, because protect them and all that stuff. Um, and so she was real, real sick, and so she went to the doctor, um, to get some tests and stuff done to see if they could figure out why she was sick. So the doctor was a Christian doctor, and he also believed he had the gifts of knowledge and wisdom. Um, and so she went to this doctor, and he did a whole bunch of tests on her, did a bunch of praying for her and stuff, and then he came back to her and said, wow, I've found out what's wrong with you. And she was so excited because she'd been sick for a long amount of time. And he said, what's wrong with you is that you're allergic to your husband, right? True story. And she was like, wow, really? And he said, yep, you're allergic to your husband, so you need to divorce him, separate, and then you'll totally get better. And she was like, wow, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> and so she came and met with me all day. Her and her husband came and met with me as a pastor, and they are like, what do you reckon? And so test everything, right? That's what Paul says. So I was like, let's test this by the Bible. What a surprise. There's no verses in the Bible that talk about if you're allergic to your husband, you're allowed to get a divorce. There's some reason. I was like, you know, I don't know. So we did that. We prayed. And I said, look, to be honest, I just don't think this guy's legit. I, so, so they did the next thing. They went to some wise people in the church. The same thing. They're like, to be honest, I'm not sure if it's because you're allergic. To... There was no like context around it. Like, you know, I don't know. It was just like, you're allergic. Believe. Great. So they were like, okay, we hear that, that's good. They stopped, she stopped going to that doctor and she got better anyway and then they had kids and now they're amazing and wonderful, right? So it's that crazy thing. To, I told you it was a weird story. I gave you that preface, right? True though. Um, we've got to test stuff, right? Just because someone says, hey, God is, we don't just go, okay, thanks. We've got to test it. We've got to check it out. Bible, wise friends, um, prayer, pretty, pretty important, eh? Okay, so that's the gift of knowledge. Pretty simple. I've already preached a whole thing on it, so that was kind of a short version. Pretty simple, eh? Taking the Bible, applying it to situations. Okay, here's the next one. The gift of wisdom is making spiritual truth relevant and practical. So the gift of wisdom is making spiritual truth relevant and practical. Pretty easy to understand, different from the gift of knowledge. And here's the definition um, from our workbooks. To apply knowledge to life in such a way as to make spiritual truths quite relevant and practical in proper decision-making in daily life situations. 
I'll read that again because it's kind of a bit of a like, whoa, what did you say? To apply knowledge to life in such a way as to make spiritual truths quite relevant and practical in proper decision-making in daily life situations. So pretty simple to understand. So let me explain this. Um, And I was going to pick on Annette, who's been raptured because she's so spiritual. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Annette allowed me to pick on her for this one. So last time I did it, I talked about Will, but decided he's just way too shady, so I'll talk about Annette this time. So give an example of Annette. I don't know what gifts she has, so imagine if Annette had the gift of knowledge and Annette had the gift of wisdom. That's how I'm going to do it. So if Annette had the gift of knowledge, what would happen to say Dan? comes after the service, he knows that Annette has the gift of knowledge, and after church maybe he's just really confused, really struggling with a situation in his life. He knows that Annette has the gift of knowledge, and so he's like, duh, (laughs) why would I keep stressing and worrying? I'll go and sit with Annette. So he goes and talks to Annette and says, hey, this is the situation, this is what I'm wrestling with. Annette might pray, she might just suddenly know from God, oh, we should talk about this story from the Bible, read this verse or whatever. She talks to Dan. She's like, hey, Dan, I don't know, but I, re- I have the gift of knowledge. I've seen it. God works through me a whole bunch of times. You need to test this, but this is what I'm thinking. Let's read this story from the Old Testament, or have you read this verse lately? And, and I would say a lot of the time, Dan's going to be like, whoa, <laughs> I wouldn't have never thought of that. And that thanks. Now, he's still going to test, like I've said, but he'd be like, wow, the gift of knowledge, using the Bible, applying it to my situation. Oh, my gosh, right? So that would be the gift of knowledge. Makes sense. Easy, eh? You're good? Shot, team. Shot, Johanna. If Annette also had the gift of wisdom, then she'd be able to apply practical life experience to the situation. So she then might say, oh, actually, the other day Ross and I were talking about this, or when we were, I don't know, raising our five crazy sons, one of the things we learned was blah, 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 and be able to apply practical life experience and wisdom to the situation. You can see the difference, eh? Bible, this is this. Now, the key to keep remembering is this is these are a gift from the Spirit. So it's not just Annette saying, you know, Dan, I think, and she thinks wisdom, there's the Holy Spirit guiding and directing her, right? Reminding her of something that she's totally forgotten or, or suddenly, oh my, you know what I mean? So that's that thing. You see the difference, eh? All good? Yeah. <laughs> Shot, team. You guys are the best church to preach at because you're just like so connected and encouraging, and I'm like, is anyone with me? No. Um, you shot, Johanna. Everyone else fired. Johanna, gold star. I'm going to start a chart on the wall. <laughs> Johanna will have, like, gold stars, everyone else. Black X's. No, I don't know. Um, oh, sorry, back to the sermon. This is where I just get, and like, I said this before, right? But this is where, as a pastor, I just go, oh, my God. This just makes me so excited. I'm going to just cry. <laughs> um, one of the big parts of my life is to provide pastoral care for people, right? So I'm, I'm, I have a lot of meals with people. I catch up for coffee with people, pop up to the hospital to see people. And, and most of the time, people only call me when their life's falling apart or when they're struggling. No one really calls me and goes, Craig, everything's amazing. Let's catch up for a coffee, which is pretty hurtful. But no, 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 no. <laughs> And the number of times I'm sitting in a situation and I'm just like, God, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. If you've got any wisdom, feel free to like speak because I'm freaking out, right? Um, and sometimes maybe some wisdom comes, sometimes they leave and they're like, well, that was a waste of time. No, 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 they don't, right? So my, my like, dream, my prayer, I should say, as a pastor is to have a three, four, five people, ten people, I don't know, 
who I know have the gift of knowledge, or people who I know have the gift of wisdom. So when someone rings and says, hey, Craig, I'm really struggling at work. I'm so stressed. I've got staff issues. There's a whole bunch of decisions I need to make. Can we meet up? I go, yeah, let's meet up and I'll pray, but then you need to meet up with Howard or whoever, because Howard has the gift of wisdom. Do you know what I mean, eh? And I'm just like, for us as a church, that would just be like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. I don't need to sit at home stressing or freaking out. I just go, i got a problem. I'll go to Brett, who has the gift of knowledge, and he'll go, oh, I'm just like, oh, I just get so excited. So again, if you've done the workbook, awesome. Gold star on the chart. <laughs> um, if you haven't, just pleading with you, eh? can you please do that workbook or come and see me and we can do it together, whatever, just so you can figure out how has God wired you? How has God gifted you? How is God calling you? Again, it's, you'll receive blessing, but it's about blessing the people around you. How has God wired you to do that? Because that's, oh, it's so exciting when you, you know the gifts that God's given you. Oh, so exciting. Hey, I want to read a couple of verses here that talk about knowledge and wisdom. Um, and you'll see like a, a similarity coming out here. So again, if you've got your Bible, it's always good to check the preachers, not just making up random stuff, especially when they're in the Old Testament, because there's some weird stuff back there. Um, go to Proverbs chapter 1, and you see a verse that talks about knowledge. We, most of you would know this verse, right? Um, Proverbs 1 verse 7 just says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. And then go over to Psalm 111. Where are we going? Psalm 111 verse 10. This is one talking about wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. Ha! Huh. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Um, look at this quote that I, I put up, because I think this is just a core cool thing to keep thinking about. One cannot gain knowledge of spiritual things if he or she begins at the wrong point, refusing to fear the Lord. And then he defines that out. So to fear the Lord means to recognize God's character and respond by revering, trusting, worshiping, obeying, and serving him. The essence of true knowledge is fearing God. Apart from him, a person is ignorant of spiritual things. The key to all these gifts, right, is to be living in a relationship with God, right? To be living in a close relationship with God. I'm, I'm regularly hanging out with Him, whether that means I'm digging into the Word or I go for a walk and just spend time with the Lord, whatever, right? And the key of this is this, like you see it in, in Proverbs, you see it in Psalms, Paul talks about it again and again. That The core thing for me to do if I want to use the gifts that God has given me is to be hanging out with Him, spending time with Him fear of the Lord, living in obedience to him and respect of him and trust of him. When I do that, God is going to be so pleased and so excited to use me, right? I can't expect if I like never read the Bible or go to church once in a blue moon and then I'm like, man, so not fair. Why doesn't God use me? God's like, well, because we're not hanging out. I don't really, you know. Oh, I have a friend who's a super weird Christian, right? Super weird. Um, He's a good friend of mine. We've been friends forever. And he's weird because he takes this whole Jesus thing real seriously, right? Real, he's a real crazy guy. shoots deer all the time and eats them and gives me lots of venison, for which I love him. Um, but pretty full-on guy. But he takes this whole living in obedience and in connection with God really, really seriously. And he would easily be the wisest, most knowledgeable guy I've ever met. Whenever I'm freaking out about something, he's the guy I'm texting, bro, help. And he's just so wise. 
But I think the reason he's wise is because, like I said, he takes us seriously and he just spends a crazy amount of time in the Bible. Now, that's how God's wired him, and I don't think all of us are like this. But he's crazy. So he will um, work and during the day, come home, his kids are growing up, he'll have dinner with his um, wife, and then most of the time she'll do a craft or maybe read a book or something, and he'll stay with her, but he'll just start reading the Bible. And I'm like, when he first told me this, I was like, how long? He's like, I don't know. And he'll be like, oh, just read Colossians, right? It's only four chapters. And then he'll be like, eh, I might just read First Corinthians and whatever. And the number of times him and I, we catch up for coffee a fair bit, the number of times we'll be catching up, and he'll be like, man, I was reading through Colossians again the other day, and I'll be like, how many times have you read Colossians? And he's like, ah, heaps, right? But the thing is, he's living in this, this, this fear of the Lord. He's living in this obedience, this like, I just want to be, he's like desperate for his connection with God, right? Desperate for that connection with God. And so then it flows out of him. When I need someone who's knowledgeable, someone who's wise, he's the guy I go to because he just oozes Jesus, oozes Bible, <laughs> makes sense, right? Whatever we take in is always going to ooze out of us, right? So if I want to be used by God, if, if I find I have the gift of knowledge, if I find out, man, I've got the gift of wisdom, there's kind of this now responsibility on me to be really connected, really plugging in with God so that he can just use me mightily to bless the people around me, eh? Bless the people around me. Mm, I love it. All right, shot, Shelley. Okay, last one. The gift of discernment is to be able to distinguish truth from error. Truth from error. This is a bit of a full-on one, so I'm going to read a whole bunch of verses here to, to help us understand where we're going. So if you've got your Bible, go over to 1 Corinthians 7, uh, 12, and I want to read this whole little section in here. Um, I, I love how... So most of you would know, Paul does quite a few lists of um, verses. So he has three different lists of, uh, of um, gifts, sorry, spiritual gifts. Peter has another one. There's a few others floating around. But this little list here is just... I find it really powerful. And you just keep seeing it's given, 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 right, um, for people to do these cool things. So I'm going to read First Corinthians 12, verse 7, uh, down to the end of verse 11. And you'll see, um, we've already read the verse that had knowledge and um, wisdom in there, and then you'll see the discernment one in there as well, as long as a bu- bunch of others. So verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us, which is pretty cool, eh? So if you're a Jesus nerd, then you've got a gift. <laughs> it's like, what? And because it's given by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter how cool you are, how awesome you are. It doesn't matter if you've memorized all of the Bible or if you're like, man, I still can't even find Genesis, right? It just doesn't, it's not that. It's if you're connected with God, the Holy Spirit's given you a spiritual gift. I love that. Um, So we can help each other. That's the point. Verse 8, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, like we've been talking about. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. Mm. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to, this is our discernment one, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I just love that list, eh? So you can see in there, when he said discernment, he said discernment to understand if this is from God or from another Spirit. And we know who the other Spirit is, and that's what I'm going to talk about in a minute. So here's the, the definition, right, from our, the workbooks that we've been cruising through. To clearly distinguish truth from error, 
by judging whether this behavior or teaching, and this is pretty powerful, is from God, Satan, human error, or human power. So let me read it again. So when we're thinking about someone who has the gift of discernment, it's, it's similar, but it's different from the knowledge and the wisdom. To clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether the behavior or teaching is from God, Satan, human error, or human power. And you can see that in that verse, right? Because it said whether this is from either God or from another spirit. So the other spirit's obviously Satan. Um, here's another definition from another um, website that we've been using as we study all this stuff. The gift of discernment is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to know with assurance, I love that, whether certain behavior purported to be of God is in reality divine, human, or satanic. It's pretty full on, right? Um, I see this one and I'm like, I got quite emotional when I was preparing this during the week because I was like, man, we desperately need this in the church, right? I'll, I'll explain more of that as we go through. Um, so it's good to look at that last bit, right? In reality, divine, human, or satanic. So I've talked about this before. We, we have three different voices in our heads, right? So if you're like, what? I have voices in my head? That's normal, right? We talk to ourselves all the time, or at least I do, and I'm pretty sure most of you do. Johanna, you do? Shot. Okay, Johanna does. So she does. We're all good. Um, we have voices in our head all the time, right? We're always talking to ourselves. And one of the things we have to figure out as a Christian, and as we grow in maturity, right, as we grow in connection with God, one of the things we've got to figure out is which voice am I hearing at different times? Which voice is guiding me at different times? And so the three voices you see here, you see it in the Bible. Um, God speaks to us. Jesus says this a lot in John, right? My sheep know my voice. They listen to me, right? They obey me, right? So God speaks to us. We hear his voice. And one of the key things we've got to figure out as Christians is we've got to learn his voice. Because <laughs> otherwise it's like, well, is that just me saying it? Or is that God? I don't know. It's like we've got to learn what's the voice of God. How, how do I know when God is speaking to me, calling me to do something? That's a key part of what it means to be growing as a Christian. So there's the voice of God. Is my own voice, which in my head is an idiot. I just say crazy stuff all the time. I'm very weird. And then there's the voice of Satan. So sometimes, and I don't know, some people say, maybe I hear Satan. We're going to look at a verse in a minute that talks about this. Some people go, I just sometimes think I'm, I'm being called or guided to do something that's just evil. Like, I'm just, I was doing all good, and then all of a sudden I just had this thought, and I was tempted to do this terrible, bad thing. And it's like, where did that come from? And sometimes I'm like, well, it's because you're an idiot, bro, and you're not hanging out with Jesus at all, so you're just thinking dumb stuff. But sometimes I think it's Satan going, Hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. you haven't been hanging out with Jesus lately, so I'm going to tempt you to do this evil thing, right? Um, so we have these three voices in our head, and this whole gift of discernment is people that can tell when someone's teaching, when someone's acting, when something, someone's doing something in the church, where's this coming from? Uh, is that really coming from God? Is that just them, which might be good, might be bad? Or is this from the evil one? What's going on here? Um, one of the clearest times you see this is in Matthew 16. So if you've got your Bible, uh, jump over to Matthew 16. Um, and you see this one pretty clearly. And this is one where um, the first time you read it, if you hadn't, you've read it, you guys have read this tons of times, but if you hadn't read it and you heard this, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 Peter's totally onto it, shot Peter. But then you hear Jesus' response and you're like, whoa, okay. So this is Peter, just to give context. This is when um, Jesus is going to say that he's about to go to Jerusalem and be killed, basically. And Peter's like, whoa, I don't think so, <laughs> Jesus. And then Jesus responds. So we're thinking about these different voices. So verse 21 of Matthew 16. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly, 
that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. And I love verse 22, because Peter's the man. <laughs> He's like, but Peter took him aside. And it's like, hang on, this is Jesus, creator of the universe, son of God. But Peter's going to sort him out. I love it, eh? But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. And you get where Peter's coming from, right? Jesus is doing amazing stuff. He's healing people, raising people from the dead, leading. It's like... Oh, it's like, you're not going to go there and die. What are you saying? This is madness, Jesus. We don't want this to happen. And then verse 23 is so powerful. Jesus turned to Peter. Now, this is real important. So you've got to see this carefully. So Jesus turned to Peter. So now Jesus is looking directly at Peter, but he speaks to Satan, right? Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. Interesting, eh? So Peter totally, remember we've got these voices, Peter totally thinks he's either hearing from God or he's hearing from his own wisdom, and he's saying, Jesus, this is not going to happen. And Jesus looks at Peter, and, but he doesn't talk to Peter, right? He talks to Satan, and he says, Satan. But then the second half of that verse, he now talks to Peter. You're seeing, like, so it's like he says, Peter, you're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So let me read that verse 23 now that we've kind of pulled it apart. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And, and we just see Jesus using this gift of discernment right there. Now, the problem we have in a church is if we don't have people with that gift of discernment, we're like, I don't know. We have people all the time coming to elders saying, hey, have you guys thought about this? We should do this. We have different people speaking into our lives. How do we know if they're speaking from God, from themselves, from the evil one? Yeah, if we don't have people with a gift of discernment, we're like, I don't know. <laughs> As one of the elders here, I'm like, man, to me, this gift is just vital. Vital. What if there's a bunch of elders? And I think the elders are super, super godly people, so I can't imagine this happening ever. But imagine if the elders all made a decision that they thought was where God want us to go, but they were just smart. I wouldn't, don't think they'd be guided by Satan because they were real tight with God, but they might be guided by themselves rather than God. Does it make sense? And that would impact on all of us. And you imagine if we had someone with a gift of discernment who could come along and say, hey, Craig, just so you know that, that thing you guys are discussing as an eldership, I don't think you're hearing God on this. I think you guys are just listening to your own wisdom. I mean, imagine being able to go, cool, again, test. We're not going to be like, oh my gosh, quick, change the church. Because Test it. Hang on, hang on, as an eldership, let's step back. What, what makes us think we're really being guided by God on this? Are we sure? Let's take some time to pray and check it. You know what I mean? What's the Bible say? Oh, I just get excited. I just get excited. And let me read this verse, um, 1 John. If you've got your Bible again, I bounce over to 1 John and see this here. Um, again, this is this whole testing, right? Testing. So important. Um, where are we going? 1 John um, 4. Just those first few verses. Um, and and he, this whole thing is, oh, you'll see. Dear friends, so he's talking to the church, right? It's important to realize that. John is talking to the church. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. That's exactly it, right? So someone comes to you with a word of knowledge, discern uh, any of this prophecy, whatever. The first thing is, no, just believe them. You need to test them, which is what he says. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. 
If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person, this is pretty powerful, this next bit, such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which is Satan, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So kind of breaking it down, how, how do we tell, we've got to test everything, but how do I tell if someone comes and says, hey, I have a message from God? One of the first things I do is look at how do they speak about Jesus? And the way we speak about Jesus will always come out in our life. So I'm going to look at what they say, but I'm also going to look at their life, right? Someone comes and says to me, hey, Craig, you're wrestling with that situation. I think God's saying I'm like, awesome. But as soon as they say that, one of the testing things I'm going to do is to think, hmm, let me think about their life. <laughs> How do they treat their husband, wife, or whatever? How do they treat their kids if they've got kids, you know? Are they really plugging into God? Do we see them regularly connecting with him in church? Are they serving in some way? If the answer was no, 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 then I'm going to be like, hmm, what makes me think they're speaking on behalf of God? Instead, though, someone comes and speaks to me. Like, if one of the elders came, like, I'll pick on Grant. Sorry, Grant, but you won't care. If Grant came and said to me, hey, Craig, I know you're wrestling with that situation. I really, I'm going to be like, whoa, because I see in Grant's life, the way he speaks about God, man, he's tight and connected with God. So I'm still going to test, right, but I'm going to take that much more powerfully than someone else. And I'm like, I'm not sure, right? I'm not sure. I love that. Let me finish with this last verse here. Um, Hebrews 5.14, I put this on the screen. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill or discernment is the same word, right? To recognize the difference between right and wrong. I'll read it again. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, that's the key thing here, have the skill or the discernment to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Um, with any of these spiritual gifts, we've got to practice them, right? We've got to learn more and more to be bold and to listen to the Spirit and be guided by Him, but it takes training, it takes practice, it takes work. I've talked to heaps of people over the years who have different spiritual gifts, and none of them have just gone, I woke up one morning and I could do whatever. Um, I, I, hopefully, I keep joking about it. No one's told me I haven't yet, so I'll just keep pretending I do. I believe I've got the gift of preaching and teaching, right? I didn't just wake up one morning and be like, yeah, I can chuck a sermon together and preach it. It's taken years and years, and some of you might be like, keep on practicing, bro. One day you'll get there. <laughs> you know what I mean, eh? So it's the same thing if you have the gift of knowledge, if the gift of wisdom. You've got to practice this, right? You've got to go to someone and say, oh, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> but I really think God is saying, have you thought about this verse? You know, that's the thing. Makes sense, eh? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out, and you've got to test it. <laughs> but I really think God's saying in this situation that you draw from your life experience that, that wisdom, right? I love that. Um, I would find it really scary to go to someone and say, I think that what you've been saying is not from God lately. But if you have that gift of discernment, that's what God's calling you to do. You hear about a direction the church is going on, the decision the elders are making, and you're like, man, I, I just know this is not of God. This is from them. You might think it's from the evil one. That's another whole ball of wax. But in boldness, you've got to go and say that. In humility, right? In humility. You're going to say, hey, you've got to test this. You've got to check this out. But... And as you do that more and more, you become more confident, right? It's that training, right? That training. Man, I love it. Hey, Ed, too, let's all stand up. We're going to finish with another song. Worship team, do you guys want to come up? Let me pray for us. Um, yeah, again, I just want to say, 
I'm so excited about these spiritual gifts. I just keep, like, we moved yesterday, which was awesome and terrifying. Moving's insane. Whoever decided people should move houses is just crazy, but it was all good. Um, but there's a bunch of people in the church I know have the gift of help, so I ring them. Like, I ring Rex, and Rex is like, duh, of course I'll be there, because that's how God's wired and loves him, and he is very strong, by the way. He'd pass me stuff out of the truck, looking like it weighed nothing, and then I'd almost be squashed by it. But because I'm very manly, I pretended, no, this is so light, Rex, you know. <laughs> I just love that, right? So as a church, we need to know who's gifted with what. Someone goes to move, it's like, well, let's phone all the people with a gift of helps. Duh, it's not rocket science. And they're like, yes, I get to use my gift the way God's wired me. Oh, you know what I mean? If we don't know, then you sit there going, oh, this whole Christianity thing's kind of lame, to be honest. I don't really experience God using me. I don't experience the Holy Spirit working through me. Christianity, <laughs> that's because you've been given a gift by God that will give you joy and fulfillment, but you've been given a gift by God to bless us. <laughs> and last time I checked, we want to be blessed <laughs> by you, by God working through you. So cool. Ah, let me pray, and then we'll, um, whoa, let me pray. Yeah, kia ora again, uh, Atua. Thank you for your incredible love for us as a church, eh? Thanks that, uh, man, we're crazy humans. We do some good stuff, but we do some crazy stuff, and we forget about you, and then we're excited with you again. But yet you are constant, like Grant prayed. You are constant. Your love never changes. And part of your love is to, to choose to empower us and use us to bless other people, God. And that just amazes us. That overwhelms us. That you come to every one of us, that verse says in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, every one of us, and you give us a gift and you say, here's a gift from me that I will empower and I will anoint you to do amazing things in the lives of other people. Oh, what a blessing that is, God. How exciting is that to be able to use the gift that you've given us to bless people. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thanks that there's no one listening on podcasts, no one who's a follower of you listening right now who is without that gift, God. Thank you that you're just a God that loves to empower and strengthen us to serve you, to bless people. And in blessing people, we find just joy and fulfillment. And oh my gosh, this Christianity thing is so cool. <laughs> Something used by God. Ah, <laughs> I love the way you do that, God. It's awesome. You bless us as a church eh, as we continue to step into spiritual gifts. Give us clarity. How, how have we been gifted? How do we use that gift? What does it really look like? Yeah, proud of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.